Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Employment Notebook, a podcast where the focus is placed on different issues and topics that can affect people in the workplace. Now, that, of course, would include bosses and managers. And we're looking at some examples of what a boss should never say and why uttering these words can be so negative, though it's not just the words that count. So to elaborate on this subject, we have Dave Kirpin joining the show, the CEO of Likeable Local. He's also an author with one of his books, Likeable Social Media, How to Delight Your Customers, Create an Irresistible Brand, and Be Generally Amazing on Facebook and Other Social Networks. It is a mouthful, but it's also earned its way onto the New York Times bestsellers list. So Dave, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, again, an intriguing topic to talk about. But before we get into the subject at hand, we always like to give our listeners an idea of where our guests are coming from. So if you could just fill us a little bit on your uh, professional experience and also what's going on at uh, Likeable Media. Sure. So where I'm coming from right now is I'm working from my home office today because I visited my daughter's school. One of the real blessings of being an entrepreneur is I'm able to have some flexibility with my hours. Um, I've had a really interesting career so far, um, 37, and um, when I was in college, I was a ballpark vendor. Then uh, I was in radio sales. Then uh, I became an entrepreneur, started my first business, did a quick stint on some reality television, then uh, came back to New York and, and taught math. I was a teacher for three years. Then I started my second business with my wife, and now I'm actually running a third business, uh, Likeable Local. My wife is now the CEO of Likeable Media, and I'm focused on uh, a software company. So, been involved in a wide variety of experiences in education, business, and uh, radio, and, and, and sales and marketing. And really excited to to chat with you and sort of shed some light. I've been both a both a boss and an employee throughout my career so far. Yeah, well, you've definitely sort of uh, ran the gamut of of different professions and different industries and, and as you said, different positions as well, being an, an employee as well as the boss. So when we're talking about this idea of you know, what bosses say, what managers say, I guess why do you think it is especially important for those individuals to be careful with their words and and really why that might impact individuals more than, say, coworkers or peers would uh, when they're talking to each other? You know, when, when you're a boss, uh, people look up to you, and there's a magnifying glass on you. You know, you might not realize it, but not only everything you say, but everything you do, and every facial expression you you even make makes a difference because people are people are looking at you, and they're looking to you for for guidance, for for support, for a, a role model. One of the things, one of the I, I've I've been pretty good at knowing what not to say and sort of saying the right things. But one of one of my real learnings over time as a as a boss has been the, the importance of, of managing my own body language and facial expressions. I, hmm. I, care, I, I tend to wear my, my, my heart on my sleeve and really show my expression. And, right. you know, even without saying anything, you, you can give a look that <laughs> says you don't matter, that says I don't agree with you, that says I don't care what you say, that says I'm not really listening to you. I mean, you know, body language and tone is such a huge, huge part of communication that sure. not only should do, do, do you need to really pay attention to what you're saying, but but how you're saying it and 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 you know what and 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 what you're saying with your body. I think that's a great point. Just the idea that how much you express non-verbally. I mean, you read that all the time about how much is really portrayed that way. Um, that could be even be more important. I mean, have you come across that where the message could be said in different ways? And that really is what has the impact versus the words themselves. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, you take, take something like the words, I'm fine. You can say <laughs> I'm fine about 10, 12 different ways. Right. And mean, you know, and, and, and it can be interpreted really, really differently. And so I think in addition to you know, talking about what a, what a boss should and shouldn't say, I think it's really important uh, if, if you manage people, frankly, no matter what, but especially if you manage people to, uh, to, to remain positive in, in not only your speech, but your uh, body language and your tone. Right. Uh, positivity is positivity and passion are both very contagious and uh, lack of positivity, negativity and, and lack of passion are also contagious. And so uh, as managers, we have the opportunity to ignite passion and positivity in everyone or the opposite. And so, uh, so I think it's really incumbent upon us to, to, to choose, uh, to choose positivity and, and passion. Sure. Well, let's get into some of these uh, phrases, these terms that, uh, again, I came across this on LinkedIn. You are a LinkedIn influencer. And, you know, these came from real individuals. So I'm sure at some point they've seen it, heard it, uh, somehow been involved with some of these phrases that, as you put, you know, things the boss should never say. Uh, so the first one that came across, and it's very straightforward and blunt, is uh, simply the phrase, I'm the boss. What do you what do you hear from that? Why is that something that someone definitely shouldn't say, even if they are the head honcho, so to speak? Right. Well, I, I'm the boss, and anything like that is essentially saying, you know, your opinion doesn't matter. Mm. Your 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 thoughts don't matter, and frankly, you don't matter. And so it's kind of like I think back to when I was in school, and you know, the teacher, you know, you'd ask the teacher something, and you know, somebody, you know, she might not have a reason to explain. So she might say, well, because I'm a teacher, that's why. That's right. why you need to work. Yep. Because I'm a teacher. Or, or even a parent, you know, because <laughs> I'm your parent, that's why. Well, you know, that's not enough. And, and I think when we think about that from, from the, the, the perspective of a student or a child or, you know, or, or the, the employee, then uh, we'll be less likely to say things like, you know, I'm the boss. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, along those same lines, it may be a little bit different depending on the context, was another phrase of don't argue with me. And again, it's not exactly the same. I think maybe there's a little bit of a different message here, but what, what do you gather from that and what impact might that have on, on an individual or the, the whole team if, if everyone else hears it as well? Well, you know, don't argue with me says that, that um, it, it is a little different. It says that this is not a place where debate and diversity of opinions is valued. And there's a lot of data that shows that, that companies do best when there is healthy conflict, right. when there is debate. So, you know, I, I welcome that sort of debate. And I, I believe that great leaders do, do uh, welcome debate and welcome conflict. And, and there is such a thing as healthy debate and healthy conflict. So um, sometimes people get confused. They don't, they, don't, they don't think there's a place for argument uh, or, or debate. But, but the reality is that that, that helps make us make stronger, and diversity of opinion makes us stronger. And frankly, you, even if you know this is how you're going to proceed no matter what, um, you're just having your employees feel heard and sure. feel listened to adds a lot of value. Yeah. No, it, it clearly makes a lot of sense when you break it down that way as opposed to just having that phrase on its own. Along those same lines, again, um, something that uh, is said often, and I, I always cringe when I hear it, and it could be with a boss or a manager, it could be with anything, uh, but it's the phrase, we've always done it this way. Right. 
I, I just I, I, I can't take that one. But what, go ahead. You, you, you. What's your take on it? Well, you know, there, there are, there are a lot. There's, there's, uh, there's preservationists. There are a lot of people for whom uh, change is is particularly challenging, and they, they don't want to adapt. They don't want to change. Right. And I'm not saying it's wrong or right, <laughs> but I am. But, but, but clearly, there are a lot of people out there that don't like change. Well, you know, we've always done it this way. Is not is not equivalent to this is the right way. Right. And, and, and I think most of us know that, but I think it's particularly hard for the preservationists out there, the people that, you know, they, they'd rather, they'd rather, you know, stay the same than change. There's safety in, in, in staying the same. There's safety in doing it the same way you've always done it. But of course, it, that definitely doesn't mean that it's the right way. Right. And, you know, always asking questions and always asking why and, and always looking deeper is, a, is how I, I personally look at uh, leadership and, and growth. So if there is an employer or a boss who, who does value what they've traditionally done or still sees the value in it, is there a way to go about expressing that as opposed to just having that flat term and, and leaving it at that? I mean, what would you suggest for someone in that position? Well, I think there is safety in data. And so I think that, that uh, you can say, well, the data indicates that this has been successful or this has worked sure. for us. And um, that, that said, it would be awesome if, if we could be open to the fact that maybe uh, doing it a new way would also yield results, maybe better results. And the question is, can we be open to a small test before we make drastic changes, at least, can we, especially if the data indicates that we've always done it this way and it's been and it's still successful. Right. Can we be open to a small test in, in marketing? We work with folks that, that are, are trying new marketing methods and, you know, they've always done direct mail or they've <laughs> always done the yellow pages and they might hold on to that. And rather than argue with it, I, I, I might suggest, well, are you open to a small test using a new method and if that new method succeeds, then, you know, perhaps changing from what you've always done. And, you know, it, it seems to work for people. Right. Well, I think it's a great way to phrase it. And just uh, leaving these terms on their own can be dangerous, even with what we're doing. But I think that is to your point as well. Being able to have that dialogue, that conversation is extremely important in these situations. And that leads me to another one that, you know, you talked about tone and inflection and, and all that, you know, nonverbal communication the phrase or something similar to you're doing okay in terms of feedback, like you're doing okay. I feel like how you say that can be huge, kind of like fine, kind of what you talked about. But I mean, why in and of itself is that phrase maybe a little dangerous when you're giving feedback to someone? Well, the idea is feedback should be specific and should be plentiful. Hmm. And you're doing okay is neither. <laughs> you're doing fine is, is neither. You're, you know, even keep up the good work. You know, I, I like to be explicit and very, very generous with compliments and positive feedback. And I like to be specific and a lot less generous with, you know, with feedback that is uh, so, you know, negative or, or room for improvement type feedback. Right. And I think that people appreciate both. I think that people really appreciate the positive feedback. So you're doing amazing. Uh, you, the way you handled this meeting was incredible. The way you constructed that email was brilliant. The way you negotiated that settlement was, uh, was, you know, unique. The way, you know, so, so I think that, that specific 
positive feedback is awesome and, and you know, the more the better. And and then, you know, there's there's a great process that I use for giving negative feedback, which says, you know, start with start with positive, explain the negative, and again end end with with more positive and a deeper value statement for why the employee is important to you and important to the organization. Yeah, obviously. I mean, coming from an employee's perspective, um, you know, those specifics do help because to your point, I don't know where to go or if I should do anything different. Um, so definitely appreciate your insight on that one. You know, just a few more here in, in looking at some of these phrases, the idea of, and again, this is just a phrase that was put out there and it might be something similar that someone else has heard, but just let me do it. Now, obviously you hired people for a reason. So when that phrase is heard, I mean, what do you, what do you, what would an employee take from that? Or why would you say this can be so detrimental to not only that person, but possibly again, others that are around and, and hear what's going on? Right. Just let me do it means I, I don't trust you and you don't get it. And, and what are you even around for? <laughs> There's a disdain and a disapproval uh, interested in just let me do it or I'll just do it. Uh, or even don't worry about this. I, I've got it covered. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of a nicer way to say that, but that's still saying that you're going to do it better than your employee. And even if you're going to do it better than your employee, you know, of course, as an entrepreneur, I would think I would suggest that in order to scale, you know, any organization, you've got to be able to to trust your team and and, and let your team do it, and even even let your team make mistakes and and learn from those mistakes and get better. So you know, none of that will happen if if uh, you say just let me do it or <laughs> or just do it. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side of that, it's your problem, or you deal with it. What is that communicating to your employee? <laughs> right. On the, on the flip side, you know, this is your problem. I don't want to hear about it or something to that, to that end is saying that I don't care. <laughs> and I, you know what? I've been a little guilty of that one. I think not, oh, yeah? not in, uh, not, well, not, maybe not in that language as, as uh, sort of uh, as negative as that language sounds, but I might say, you know, I don't have any operational expertise on this. This is a, you know, you, you take care of it. I think you can get away with that, but I think you have to show that you do care and you have to show that you are there to help too and help to help guide your, your employee, you know, your teammate to coming to the solution to a problem. So, so I think a, a nicer way to say that or a more effective way to say, say something like that might be, you know, that this is your area of expertise and I'm going to let you handle this if you need any help from me, just let me know and I will, I will figure out how I can help you get this done. Sure. You know, the only other one that I saw that stood out and I, I hesitated to bring it up because I really can't imagine somebody actually saying this, but uh, again, somebody brought it up and it's simply the question here of what's wrong with you. I personally, I, I mean, I've had some tough bosses. I've had some tough coaches in sports and I, I can't imagine that being the phrase, but somebody clearly has heard it or said it. I don't think they would have made it up. Yeah. I mean, look, Obviously, what's wrong with you doesn't work, but I, but I think that some people might say, they might say that or they might feel that, even if they don't say that, if they're feeling it, to, to our point earlier, if they're feeling it, then they might make a facial expression or use a tone or, or somehow put out that they think that something is wrong with somebody else or somebody, somebody is stupid or somebody just is incapable or incompetent. And, you know, look, in our, in the course of our work, we might, we might sometimes feel that way. So, so then the question is, how can we rid ourselves of that feeling? How can we 
focus on the positive. How can we perhaps move people into better seats where they are more suited for uh, productivity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and how can we fix the problem without making it about the person and, and what's wrong with them. Right. Right. And I think uh, a lot of the time, you know, a, a manager might get frustrated or angry or upset or disappointed. Well, how can we, how can we handle those emotions uh, productively and positively without making it about the employee and without taking it out on the employee? And that's really what that's about. Sure. Uh, whether you say, you know, what's <laughs> wrong with you or not. <laughs> I, I would avoid that phrase at all costs. But to your point, as you said, uh, you know, a look can say a thousand different things as well. So always keep, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I mean, David, it's been interesting talking about this stuff and getting your perspective. Uh, before we wrap things up, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to Give our listeners a final piece of advice, a nice takeaway from the conversation. So what, what else would you point to for those you know, managers, those bosses out there listening, especially those that, you know, how would you handle certain things, how you say things, how you give feedback? What, what would be another area of importance you would emphasize here? Well, you know, the last thing I'll say is I think one thing that I've learned over the years is to get a little bit more slow and calm and um, calculated in how I say things. Uh, I tend to get very excited, and I tend to have a lot of passion, <laughs> and those are all very good things. But again, because the magnifying glass is on you as a manager, is sometimes, when in doubt, pause, think, breathe, <laughs> and then speak. And, and just slowing down a little bit can save you from saying something that that you you know you'll regret later. I think that's a great piece of advice. And I just to quickly ask you, since I know social media is a part of what you do, that would apply to things like Twitter and Facebook as well, correct? That applies to everything. It's a little <laughs> easier on Facebook right. and Twitter because you know you don't have you know you're not sort of in the moment. You have a little bit more time to to think typically, but it definitely applies. It it applies everywhere. And I, I have found whether I am on Facebook or Twitter, whether I am speaking one on one. Uh, whether I'm speaking to you know my 60 employees or whether I'm speaking in front of 2,000 people at a conference, when in doubt, slow down, always works. Always. Well, again, that is a great place to leave off here in our conversation about what bosses should not say to their employees. And, and again, to our guests' uh, conversation here and the idea that, hey, it probably works in a lot of places in your life. So definitely keep these things in mind. We will have to bring this episode of Employment Notebook to a close. Again, we've been picking the brain of Dave Kirpin, who is the CEO of Likeable Local, as well as a best-selling author. So definitely check him out online as well. Dave, thanks again for sharing your perspective with us today. We do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If anyone has any questions or wants to continue the conversation, feel free to tweet me or connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn and look forward to connecting. And of course, we also want to hear from you, the listener. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any thoughts related to any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.